nanowatts. 5G. Neuralink. What's common between all of these? They are what we see as the future. Whether you like it or not, we're heading for a time where all if not most of these technologies are going to become commonplace. So how much do you know about this? How do they affect you? That's what we try to answer. Welcome to What the Future. Welcome back to the What the Future podcast. This is the fourth episode. And today we use our discussion that we had with my friends previously in order to interview an expert. Our expert for today is Mr. Pius Devedi, a person with a B.Tech and a Master's from IIT along with a PhD in Photonics. He had also worked at a position with Huawei previously and works at a nondescript company right now. Let's jump right into the interview because I am as excited as you are. First of all, I'd like to start off by asking you about 5G technology, which is undoubtedly the future when it comes to data and data communications. My first question to you would be, how far are we from 5G technology becoming mainstream? All right. So, uh, uh, Aaron, if you, if you look at uh, how 5G matured uh, from, where it, from where we started, uh, I mean, where... 4G ended, 5G had to come because 4G gave uh, uh, what we call as an infra for 5G to grow. But still, we won't say 5G is mature enough to take over the whole market. The reason being, 5G, st- uh, 4G still did not cover those sectors, or I must say those far-flung places, your villages, they still ride on 3G. 4G could not cover that much. So 5G, for 5G to be absolutely end-to-end, you need to have a, a, a solid end-to-end infrastructure, uh, more uh, uh, predominantly on the wireless side of it because the technology that we, uh, that we see is MIMO, uh, wherein you would expect uh, a cell site almost uh, after every feet because we are talking about applications wherein uh, we are expecting applications like uh, internet of things we are we are think we are we are talking about uh, uh, you know autonomous uh, uh, automobiles we are we are talking about uh, uh, you know remote monitoring health healthcare services you know all these things are are applications wherein you would need uh, a millisecond uh, kind of a round trip delay and even a slight jitter which is basically, you know, a, va- a variation of the delay can, the, I mean, the effect can be catastrophic. So, so, so considering the fact that how 5G is going to play a mainstream, um, I would say it would still take time because uh, we, we have 5G coming up very slowly in different pockets uh, mm-hmm. around the world. Even um, as, as, as we speak today in Melbourne, um, which, which, uh, which proposed to be a very, uh, you know, technically savvy uh, 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 city, but, but, but they are not. They have uh, uh, 5Gs in pockets, you know, mm. in different pockets. So, uh, but still, uh, when you go to far-flung places, you still see 3G. So your data mm. communication, all those things, they get hampered big time. So, so you look, at it, look at it like this way. You're stepping down from 5G to 3G and going back to 5G, you know, uh, 
there would be would, would take would take a lot of time so if yeah. you want to talk and, on, yeah and 5g works on a millimeter wave right which means that there Absolutely. is more there's more infrastructure required to support 5g than 4g or 3g so Absolutely. right now i think i believe the only places that do have 5g capabilities is like the uk uh some places in melbourne or basically most urbanized areas exactly so do you think these mm-hmm. urbanized areas are like adopting these technologies way too early should like governments there right now at least focus on um adding 4g capabilities to more rural areas and things like that or do you think it's fine if these these places go into 5g right now see i don't i mean see um technology uh, grows exponentially i mean uh, you cannot uh, you cannot just sit and keep designing things in the lab uh, and expect that this will eventually work coming in production so you will have to give it a start somewhere um uh, if i remember correctly when uh, we were we were actually going from 3g to 4g uh, a predominant uh, uh, advancement i would say was on the ran side which is a remote area network where you have your towers so the 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 communication uh, you see see look at the design of it uh, around uh, as the technologies are going from 2g 3g 4g and 5g we are going more and more closer to the consumer which is like you and me right so the more closer we are the quicker we have access to the cloud right so just try to understand where exactly i'm taking this conversation yeah that makes sense now 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 if 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 you know governments or or companies they just just you know relax and sit on their laurels and say you know fine let let 5g uh, mature enough uh, and then we will we will start doing it then it's i mean this would not happen for next 10 years this would be more more like a a conversation of what is better ipv4 or ipv6 i mean although ipv4 and v6 they can actually come together and they can start they, they can actually coexist on on a same network mm-hmm. in a same fashion i think some some uh, nations who are not infrastructurally strong it may be uh, too early for them because mm-hmm. 5g period it is going to be expensive it it won't it, it won't it won't have a, a subsidized price for the consumers to say fine you know i won't pay this so much dollars uh, per minute call or or something because it's more data driven and there's going to be a, a plethora of uh, uh, applications that you're going to run on 5g so yeah. i think it's a right time for uh, for 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 governments to do so because uh, as they see the the demand growing they might work on making the infrastructure more stronger that's perfect um so i think one of the uh, driving costs as you were saying that 5g is going to be expensive one of the driving costs is the infrastructure as i said um 5g works on millimeter wave which requires more infrastructure the towers have to be closer together and Absolutely. right now um i think one of the biggest distributors of 5g infrastructure was huawei and huawei um due to pol- rising political tensions they have seen bans in like opposing countries such as the us and so do you think that's going to end up like 
rising the costs as Huawei used to be one of, as you said, one of the cheaper distributors of wi- like wireless data technology. Do you think that's going to convert into how, like the mainstream progress of 5G? And do you think like it's going to end up increasing costs? See, um, I know that's a very uh, relevant question, seeing how things are going uh, right now with, uh, with, with, with two superpowers like US and, and, and China. It's, it's very important to see. Um, uh, there are two uh, players, uh, Huawei and ZTE. Um, Huawei, I, 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 was, I, was, I was fortunate to work for Huawei for a good six years. So I, I can tell you more about Huawei. The history of Huawei started uh, from 2003, if I'm not mistaken. So um, uh, prior to 2003, uh, uh, the, the whole uh, telecom uh, business was governed by uh, only three uh, telecom giants, vendors, basically, uh, which was Nokia. Uh, Siemens and uh, Ericsson. So these were predominantly the three players. So there was a situation where there was a, a, an RFP, a tender uh, with one of the telcos in India, I won't name them, where one small BTS, uh, a base transceiver system of 2G, basically these are terminologies of 2G, was priced for a cost of 300,000 in INR, which is three lakhs. Mm. Right. So, and when Huawei came into the picture, the way they had to cut down that, that 300,000, they brought it to 30K. So that is a reduction which happened. Mm. So if initially I would say, yeah, Huawei started off copying, you know, some features from some, some features from, the, from some and bringing them into a chassis and making it more look like a carbon copy. But as the time grew, you know, they, uh, they, they became more mature. They, their, uh, their releases, their software releases became more uh, streamlined based on the requirement of the customer. Um, you know, they surpassed their, com- uh, their competitions like Nokia Siemens so much that these companies had to finally think of merging to to, to go ahead and, and, and uh, compete with Huawei. So Huawei definitely be, uh, got this cost factor into the picture, which was not there earlier because these giants were, they were just putting any price on the table and, and getting the share of uh, 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 the business. But Huawei got a competition, brought a very valid competition. And later on, effectively feature-wise, they were doing great. And so, but, but since the way it is, I being a Huawei employee at one point in time, I won't say there is anything wrong in Huawei equipment. Mm. Uh, I mean, there is nothing that they put in their devices and you put this thing and they would send some data to China, nothing of that sort. Right. I haven't so that, seen. That's one of the questions. So like, I mean, as you said, that when we were moving from 2G infrastructure to 3G infrastructure, they could undercut their competition wildly. Do you think that the same might happen with 5G infrastructure or do you think they will be more of the pioneers who end up developing the tech? Okay, so, you know, uh, Shenzhen, uh, which is uh, their headquarters in China, mm. they, they have 5G end-to-end. So they have, they have the whole setup to show to the whole world, this is how we do things. They have the experience behind them. But 
the only thing which would stop them would be this political gambit which is going on right now otherwise yeah. they are all all set all set to fly and the way things are 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 going for them on as far as the technology expertise is concerned they are they are mind blowing i mean that pretty much sums it up so i'd like to move on to our second question which is like you kind of touched up on what 5g will end up resulting in our day to day lives right so i mean i wanted to talk about what te- other technologies and elaborate a bit more on what other technologies that 5g might like enable so i'll give you an example that i have um i am a part of the youth right and we have a very wide gaming culture yeah. right and so something that 5g is going to predominantly help in would be cloud gaming which is like lossless streaming to a external server which does the processing for you and then just streams it back to you so you don't need the use of a very massive gaming computer you don't need a P, like pc that you need to carry around everywhere you can just use your phone and as long as you have that 5g connection right yeah so do you think there are any other like technologies like that or that might end up revolutionizing the way we look at things see um uh, i don't know as, as you rightly said you know um i guess uh, uh before uh, before 5g came in um predominantly whenever gamers used to play they used to have a console console or what would say a compute right at the mm-hmm. uh, you know right with them but now as uh, uh, i mean all i would say most of the enterprises they've shifted 70% of the enterprise have shifted in cloud and by the time 2020 2022 you'll see at least 100% shifting all up to the cloud so uh, you would not see more processing happening locally uh, with the consumers it's going to be all in the cloud so looking at the speed uh, what 5g is going to attain uh, for the the users uh, there would be many applications which uh, uh, i mean the more intense application you just mentioned gaming right gaming in the cloud i mean cl- the cloud basically what you're doing is you're hooking on to from a dumb terminal which is just a sensory organ which is syncing up with a computer resource in the cloud and you're playing it right so all your all your uh, gamers around the world they are actually connecting onto a same console or a compute resource and this is where you guys are playing in the same fashion you would see uh, a lot of other applications uh, let's say for example you know uh, 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 energies uh, and utilities there is something called a smart grid you know uh, where you would have uh, your your uh, you know your electricity bills your water bills all these bills being monitored remotely mm-hmm. which is perhaps i'm not i'm not too sure about mumbai but uh, in melbourne electricity bills are uh, monitored remotely mm-hmm. um, i don't know, gas bills are something which is uh, still uh, we have to give the meter meter reading but eventually that will go uh, in in uh, you know as as the technology increases it will go i feel like even uh, technology is like uh, medical monitoring right where you have extremely large files that need to be downloaded and examined within minutes and it means life or death i feel like 5g could have a pretty big implication on that field as well it will it will as we talk aaron i mean there are hospitals in singapore like kk uh, hospital they are using 5g technology to uh, you know use uh, for their uh, uh, robots 
uh, to clean uh, uh, the corridors, uh, you transfer from uh, from one department to the other. I mean, you don't won't find uh, you you won't find uh, 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 I mean nurses to carry patients from one 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 department to the other. These are robots who are planned or who are programmed to do so. So it's kind of like like I was I was saying, you know, five G will give you an opportunity to form an autonomous different networks as per your requirement, which 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 can be tethered to the main network or which can be absolutely independent. All right, that that pretty much sums up, I think, our five G area. Now let's move on to our second topic, which is just a broad question from me to you. What do you think? the technologies for communication in the far, far future, like let's say maybe 30, 40 years into the future would look like? <laughs> well, uh, interestingly, um, first first thing first, you, you know, a, internet of things by far would be there. I mean, by the end of 2022, you would see more than 100 billion devices hanging onto internet, right? Um, more than, uh, I mean, if you talk about uh, 2030, 2040, I would see um, uh, Tesla is doing uh, predominantly great as far as their evolutions are concerned with cars. Uh, we've got uh, energy storing bricks. Uh, we've got uh, uh, sweat powered, uh, what was that? Smart watches, mm. you know, and that would have cohesively a very uh, collective improvement as far as the efficiency goes. Uh, you know, carbon footprint is concerned. So mm. these companies basically are working on, on reducing the carbon foot footprint. You so, know, the more, the more companies would start doing so, uh, there would be more, uh, I mean, you can see the, the share price of Tesla right now. Yeah, it's skyrocketing. More yeah, specifically, so, let's talk more about communications, right? How, what, is, what would be the future of communications be like? So personally, I feel like what the next step is, is direct augmentation into the brain. So as you said, Tesla and Elon Musk, he has a venture called Neuralink, which is basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to link up brain activity to the internet. So I feel like in the future, that might be the way to go where you don't have a phone, where you don't have a laptop, but all the information is directly being transmitted to your head. That's a very, that's a very uh, uh, nice thought, Aaron. I mean, uh, frankly, being in technology, uh, at most I could go was uh, machine learning, uh, artificial mm -hmm. intelligence. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, why not? If we can make uh, 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 ro robots look like humans, humanoids, why not? I mean, what stops uh, humans or make a technology where I don't even need uh, a, a device to communicate. I mean, it's, it's, it's all in here, you know? I mean, so you have a lot of like, so when you look at pop culture, a lot of the times you see this concept being implemented in a more dystopian fashion, right? Where it's the technology has gone wrong and now the government controls everything you do, right? Do you think maybe that would, that's what might end up happening if this techno like Neuralink becomes more mainstream or do you think it will end up being more beneficial and it would just change everything? See again, um, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's all about, uh, you know, how much freedom or how much power you get by using technology. The other day, um, 
I was having a discussion with my daughter as to what would be the future of uh, face recognition technology. I mean, there are people who are against it. There are people who are who are who are mm-hmm. in favor of it. But if you go and see their point of view, you somehow somehow change your perspective as well. That yeah, possibly the, it could not be the only technology, or maybe if it falters, then so technology like look at look at it today. Everyone has a free speech. Look at, I mean, uh, to, in, to, on Twitter, every Tom, Dick, and Harry has a, 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 a power to talk hidden, right? Nobody has guts to come, come on the street mm. and talk. It's everyone would abuse, misuse this power sitting behind this virtual world. I mean, as you said, I think Mike Tyson has a great quote, one of my favorite of all time. Uh, he said that people have become too used to saying stuff on social media and not getting punched in the face for it. Exactly. Exactly. That's, I mean, he, he has actually put this thing absolutely point blank because it's very easy for me to sit here in Melbourne, in my house and, and say whatever I want. And I will, nobody can even dare to touch me. Right. So that is something which has to be regulated. As the technology goes, there has to be a regulatory body which should follow. See, there are wireless bands. There are, there are, there are licensed bands, there are unlicensed bands. Unlicensed band, you can do whatever you want. But if you get into a licensed band and you try to use it, you'll be behind bars. In the same fashion, if you are using something of that sort and using it in a wrong way, definitely there would be repercussions on that as well. I mean, so this kind of very well just merges into our third topic which is consumer media right Ah. social media has become a big big part of our lives right so how do you think that's going to look like in the future i mean how do you think social media is going to change overall actually um, just about i mean when i was actually uh when you told me about this interview i was going through one of the uh um, yeah, well, some multi-channel news where uh, they, they they projected that uh, by about 2030, uh, majorly, majorly, no one is going to subscribe for cable TV. And I'm sure there are a lot many subscribers uh, in India as well who are going for cable TV right now, right? They are. So, yeah, so, yeah, so I mean, that even that small chunk uh, 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 would be would, would would just diminish with time. So the way things are going, the way things have come to your palm, uh, I mean, you it, it's 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 like you know the news is not something which has happened yesterday, and you would you would hear about it today. Uh, that delay has squeezed to a millisecond or a, or a second delay. I mean, I feel like what you're talking about is very like just this generation in its sense. So in our house, we often have this debate where both my brother and I are always asking my dad, why do we have cable? We barely use it. The TV is barely on. And whenever it's on, we always have it on either Netflix or Amazon Prime. Or if we need to watch exports, we use Hotstar, right? So it's moving towards that individually subscribed sort of mentality in terms of consumer media um, so look at it i don't look at it this way this brings us to the first topic again mm-hmm. 5g is going to drive this mm-hmm. right 
So the more the more maturity 5G is going to have, you would see the consumer who subscribe for cable TV diminishing, mm. because Netflix, all these uh, you know over the top applications, they would get somehow subsidized today, which is somehow very expensive for that 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 uh, that genre would not be that expensive as it matures because see uh, commoditization would eventually happen for 5g when it is at its peak when it's mature and you would see more applications getting more common with with common people and that's where that's where technology would be used in a right way when a common man has to just open open uh, a smartphone which is not that expensive and see whatever they want and they can actually go hop on to any application to see what's going to happen tomorrow you know forecasting shares uh, a farmer uh, for example you know would know what would be the what would be the temperature tomorrow or what would be the the i mean there would be actuators sensors on on your on your farming land to see how things are going to go uh, as far as the fertility fertility of the soil so these are all our application which would eventually mature more with technology mm. so i mean what do you think like social media would look like do you think there'll be like prominence of augmented reality or virtual reality into social medias do you think that's a possibility for the future Or do you think uh, it's just going to die I mean, out eventually? I mean, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm one person who is away from, uh, uh, as, I mean, this, uh, this social uh, mm. engineering kind of a thing because mm. I, I find, I find it, it to be more uh, noisy. But yes, as, as, as you rightly said, since I'm into technology, I, it, I'm, 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 co- I'm quite, I have to know all these things. So yes, that's the way it is. Uh, Facebook, for example, you know, uh, you cannot go and subscribe into Facebook. They uh make sure they validate your face uh mm. to an extent that uh you are what you what you purport that that yes you are Aaron or I am Piyush you know so they would actually go to that level that's where your face recognitions comes by going forward of course this uh, augmented reality would be uh, uh something which you is is going to get mature i mean right now algorithms or whatever machine uh Uh, engines which are running all that data uh, is still in is in in its infancy so we cannot expect mm. it to happen anytime soon uh, yes gaming and all virtual reality all the stuff on the gaming okay. front is fine but getting this thing in production and and getting this thing in different industries would take some time right now all right so um i mean you had a you, as you said you had a discussion with your daughter about facial recognition which very well ties into our last and fourth topic which is privacy in the future communication industry like how much privacy can we expect in the future when everything around us is being constantly monitored see um around i see it's security there are only, there are, there are three modules to security and then you'll agree with me on that mm-hmm. it's called a cia which is confidentiality integrity and availability mm. right so as far as privacy goes if any breach lets to a, a, a you know a, a nation's fall fall off or there is some something which is uh, you know uh, which 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 comes out to be 
are non-ethical as far as the nation's uh, security is concerned. Privacy can take, uh, uh, you know, your your okay. your. It it can it can actually take a backseat. Frankly, nothing is more important than the security of the nation. That's what I believe in. Mm-hmm. I don't know people. There are people who would say, uh, no, uh, Piyush, that's not uh, how things go. But I mean, everyone has their own opinions. About exactly. So if of- if you being in a security industry, I believe uh, to be secure in your house or walking on the street. you mm-hmm. have to if even if i have to give away something uh, let it be let it be your privacy a bit i don't think so it's much of a cost if you mm-hmm. are being secure yeah i mean that makes sense right but that we now right now we are talking about in the context of a government right like if there is a big threat to national security yeah you'd let the government look through but what about the profit driven mentality that a lot of these like communications and like social media companies have where they end up just selling your data to other companies yeah do you think that yeah. is going to like become a very very big problem in the future or like what's yeah, your thoughts yeah. on it i mean um, i i i believe uh, uh, there was uh, there were there were there were actually interviews which were conducted with uh, googles and uh, facebooks of the world you know uh, that happened last last to last year if i'm not mistaken where they were they were questioned as to how much data do you use and how much data do you uh, go ahead and circulate in the market because uh, you you got to believe this uh, around uh, there are a lot many uh, things which uh, you and me uh, as as consumers or the end users we think have no relevance like for example a basic thing your date of birth your date of birth is of no relevance as per what we think but that's something really big in the gray market so mm-hmm. yes uh, uh, that is something which has to be regulated and uh, uh, and as a matter of fact uh, you might have heard about uh, there's something called gdpr it's a, a, a you know a body which has been formed uh, in europe where uh, any uh, organization um, which is responsible to safeguard your data if somehow gets into breach you are liable to sue that company mm. for millions so yeah, that's I, the kind of a regulation which has to come to regulate such uh, 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 you know uh, sharing of information across uh, different entities all right i think uh, with that question answered this pretty much sums up our discussion for the day uh thank you very much for like being here thanks so much aron thank you so much i hope this was uh, quite informative for you and uh, we'll help you out for your for your for your research further good luck and that was the fourth episode of the what the future podcast join us next time where i have a discussion with my friends about a very interesting topic that's all around us actually which is cyber security and privacy